0: Today, I'm speaking with Trisha Christofulli. She is the first time author and novelist of a book called The Secrets to Anita Harbour, which she wrote at the age of 62. So we're going to be talking about her journey, how she was able to fulfill her passion at this age and how possibly you could do it too. So enjoy. Make sure to grab the official Not Over Just Different Welcome Pack. It's filled with some of the best tools for inspiring your best life. All absolutely free. Just go to notoverjustdifferent.com forward slash welcome gift to download yours now. Hi, I'm Natalie Ledwell, and welcome to Not Over Just Different, a podcast for women of a respectable age facing life's next new chapter. So grab a cup of tea and pour yourself a glass of wine and join me for some deep, real, and candid conversations about everything from health, aging gracefully, relationships. And how to make the next 50 years even better than the first. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast for this week. This week, we have an inspiration. <laughs> My special guest is Trisha Chrysafouli. Hi, Trisha. How are you, darling? I'm very well. Thank you so much for having me on today. Um, so, Trisha. At uh, are we allowed to say your age? Are we allowed to go? Oh, there? why not? Oh. Let's just go for it. We're okay. not
1: what we hide becomes a negative, so <laughs> let's right.
0: make it a positive. <laughs> so, at the age of sixty-two, uh, has written her first novel. Uh, so she has definitely had uh, a desire to to do something different. So we're going to share a little bit of her journey today. But her novel is actually a mystery. So we also want to talk a little bit about how fun it is to have a mystery in our lives, which I think that we should all all incorporate in some manner of speaking. So, um, so Tricia, your, uh, your, your career, you were um, a journalist. Well, yes. tell us a little bit about that, that and yes. the journey into becoming a I sure um, will. Well, thank you <laughs> so
1: much. Yes, thank you. So from the time I was seven years old, I knew I wanted to be a writer. Um, I put down my first little story. This huge epic had been in my head and I wrote down four whole sentences and said, well, gee, there must be a little bit more to this writing thing than that. But I was hooked that that ideas in my head could become something on paper. But my journey into, like, how do you support yourself was um, was from the little local newspaper when I was 16 and a and a, and a little cub reporter, you know, intern and pedaling my bicycle um, through, you know, daily journalism to New York. And I worked in as a business journalist, you know, McGraw Hill and Air child and then um, as at Reuters where I was a correspondent in in Chicago and com- covering companies and writing business stories and breaking news. and you know writing is writing is writing it's a discipline. there's a craft. Um, your you know series commas and that's and witches you can learn anywhere. But the desire to do creative writing never left me. And even when I was published in nonfiction, um, which happened uh, 22 years ago, my first book came out, and some books in leadership and one went to the New York Times bestseller list, a financial book, the desire to have that creative expression never left me. So it isn't an or; it's an and. Right. And there comes a phase of life when we say, "Well, if I don't try for that and now, when am I going to do it?"
0: Right. And so, uh, so did you just sit down and start writing? I mean, I'm assuming that that mystery there is some kind of a formula or a strategy <laughs> in how you write a book like that.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. This was known as trial and error. So yes. Um, so yes, to both of that. So yes, I did just start sitting down and writing. And I had some things published, some short stories and things. And, um, and then I got serious about it. I said, you know, I really need to know the craft because I would get feedback from agents or editors who would say, you know, potential and an interesting thing. and a, But, and I wanted to get over the but, because the but was standing between me and a book deal. And I didn't know what the butt was because if I could fix that, I wouldn't. So I said, well, I guess I'm going to have to go fix it. So at the age of 52, I went back to school to Northwestern because I was living in Chicago at the time. It's a five year program. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> working full time as a communications consultant with my own business, working on lots of big projects for companies. And then going to school at night and sitting in a classroom with a cohort of peers, (laughs) not really peers. They had to be peers who are sometimes half my age and then embracing my right to be there. That was a big deal. I wasn't there as the mom or the inspiration or the buddy or like we were all there to learn. And that they didn't have a problem with my age but I kind of did I, like I had to get that was the first thing I had to get over. And I had to get over it like really fast and not like like laugh away my being there. Like I was there because I wanted to learn this craft and Then I wrote what everyone else wrote, which was a literary novel. Right. right. And then a very, uh, very astute person took a look at my manuscript and said, do you know what you have here? I said, yes, it's a contemporary women's fiction. And they said no, you actually wrote a mystery. (laughs) Oh, with just a little bit of rewrite. Um, And then I completely embraced the rules of the road on mystery, which was so transformative for my writing, because I like to write about small town and quirky characters. And I created a place called Oneida Harbor. And the first book is The Secrets of Oneida Harbor and what that meant. And it was based on my hometown. And so in embracing mystery as a genre, I also had to embrace the why of mystery. As you said, like it's fun to have it in our lives because I think there is a hunger for the intellectual stimulation of mystery, but also for the fact that there are mysteries all around us, things that we're curious about, things that pull at us, things that we wonder about. And in a world of uncertainty, Mystery is a wonderful oasis to find meaning, maybe a little escape, but I think deeper meaning of what pulls at us to explore.
0: Yeah. You know, I, mystery is one way of saying it. For me, it's also, um, you know, uh, the unknown, Mm-hmm. you know like uh, the pandemic i think a lot of people were very challenged uh, especially in the beginning of the pandemic because no one knew what was going on we didn't know how long it was going to last there was all these unknowns um and so if you didn't embrace that and go ooh all right well okay we're at home for a while let's see where this leads you know what can i do with this time and and kind of embrace that you were doing what everybody else was doing, was stuck online, trying to make sense of what was going on any way that you could. Um, and then that's, I think, why a lot of conspiracy theories and and different things kind of got a lot of traction because we're like, we need to cling on to something to make sense. But, but when you um, have mystery in your life, when you have surprise or the unknown, it's like you're saying, just bring it, like surprise me. I can't wait to see what's going to happen next. Yeah, how do you experience mystery in your life? Well, there
1: is as for as a writer, my stories are always surprising me. Yeah. Um, I'm as, sometimes as surprised by the ending as the reader is. I, I don't want to don't want to can't say what it is, but I will tell you that one of my characters at the end, when all the who done it is done, there is one more mystery, and my, one of my characters just suddenly. The things, the sentences started to, that she was going to do something really brave. And I sat back and I said, oh, that is a way that I can listen to the story, listen to the narrative and kind of dance with it. And so in my case, it's part of plot and character development, and and it's a part of the creative process. But isn't that also a parallel in our lives when suddenly, as you say, we... Uh, begin to look at an opportunity. It could be something like reimagining a space that we're in. You know, I've always looked at this pantry as a place to store stuff, but what if it became a place where I began to put art supplies? And I, I started making it a a creative cupboard. I, I, whatever it is, like these ideas that start to pop into our heads as possibilities. We're trained in life to say, doesn't make sense. It's not practical. It's not making money. Who are you to start this? Well, who are you indeed? Embrace (laughs) the little mystery journey. So for me, I experience it in the writing, but also in the thinking about my life in the same way so that I can engage as a mystery writer, if that makes sense. I kind of have to live it. To write it right and I have all kinds of silly stories about that but that's really my sort of advice from the journey the rules of my road is you know even if it's little it can become huge because it becomes a centerpiece in our own lives yeah
0: yeah well I also wrote a novel uh it's a transformational story you know um but because uh, I, I want to ask you a question in a moment because for me I was like I don't even read fiction I don't know how I'm going to write it But then I discovered Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey and went, okay, I can see the arc. Okay, this is great. And then I realised what pieces would go in where. So I had the plan. I could see where the story was going. I knew how to, to put things in. So it only took me two weeks to write the book once I had the full plan. But it sounds like when you're writing that you have a direction but you don't necessarily have everything locked down because you want to be open to the surprise of what can come through. Would that be right? That's exactly right. And I was waving my hands around when you were talking about
1: (laughs) Joseph Campbell, the hero's journey. because I love this because I believe the heart of every mystery is a hero's journey. Um, And mine is multi-generational. So I have a couple of thoughts here. Um, So yes, uh, to answer the question that was asked, Yes, for me I kind of know my beginning and middle point. I know my beginning and my middle point and my end and what's going to happen in between is going to be some wandering and some and some discovery. I dreamed a character for book 3 because it's a sm- it's it's the Onita Harbor mystery series. Book 1 is coming out in September. Book 2 is already in production and book 3 I'm writing and a character showed up, Mr. Brook. I have no idea what He showed up, I dreamed him last night, and I have no idea if he's going to make the cut. But I do know that if my characters start talking to me and I start dreaming them, you know, they're going to be pretty insistent about me finding a place for them. So Mr. Brooke must have something (laughs) to do with book three. So, So that is kind of the fun discovery part. But the other thing you just mentioned, so importantly, the hero's journey. First of all, all of us have to be on the hero's journey of our lives, right? If not now, when? For me, in writing The Secrets of Onita Harbor, it was super important that I have really strong women and intergenerational heroes, shall we say. We've got Gabriella, who, mind me, my protagonist, who's 40, and Agnese, her mother, who's 76, and she's from Italy. And I'm Italian as well, I'm half Italian. And, you know, there is this mother daughter conflict that is just like two sharp stones that. Just don't give a break. So there's some of the tension, some of the comedic aspects, but the wisdom of these two women creates a spark that furthers the mystery. And one actually does energize and empower the other sometimes because there is a generational conflict, but that was super important for me to capture that aspect because as a woman, I wanted to make sure I was creating and conveying women who were sometimes outside the mainstream. Gabriella sees herself as very much outside that. You know, Mary Joe, a woman of color who is her best friend and her boss and who has a vision and is and is completely fine going against the powers that be. These women are able to be empowered because they give themselves permission. Nobody is giving it to them. Right. So that's another aspect of storytelling that I found absolutely essential to experience in my life and to convey in The Secrets of Lomita Harbour. Yeah,
0: We talk quite a bit about self-love on this show, and I really can't go on without mentioning the importance of using self-love to help recapture the motivation and inspiration to live your greatest life. And I just so happen to have a very special gift just for you that can help you discover how to achieve your goals and rise above your limiting beliefs and tap into your limitless potential. It's my best-selling book, Never in Your Wildest Dreams. And if you'd like to receive a free copy, go to notoverjustdifferent.com forward slash free book. And I promise you'll be glued to your seat all night reading the spellbinding stories of ultimate transformation. Again, head over to notoverjustdifferent.com forward slash free book to claim your free copy. And uh, I like how you alluded to the fact that some of your personal stuff is in here because it was the same with mine. It's like, you know, there's a lot that I grew on, drew on my personal experience Yes, it's a novel, and I liked it because it gave me poetic license to be able to really describe how these particular manifesting you know concepts work in a real life situation, um, although there is a lot of 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 me in there. So um I, I suppose my my next question is like how what did you have to overcome like mindset wise to be able to to sit in this because you know, writing a book, I'm sure it took a while to do that. And it's not like you go in and go, okay, I can do this at the beginning, but surely you have doubts and things that creep up as, you, oh. as you're going through the process. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so many. Which one would you like to talk about? I mean, there's
1: rejection. There's misdirection. And then there's this thing, all this stuff because publishing is you know is a big funnel like all this stuff comes at the top and then you get and then uh, you know something drips out at the end and and at a big shout out thank you to my dear publisher Woodhall Press I love you um, but in between from the idea to you know the the deal um, so there was you know the, the, it's hard it's it's tough and it's I had to rewrite but the biggest obstacles no surprise are within. First of all, I have this work ethic that just says, well, you know, instead of writing that novel, you know, you could be doing more work and making more money, doing more stuff, more, 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 more. And so I would write in my free time. And, um, and you know, when you own your own business, there's never a free time. There's always another project. So finally, I said, well, this isn't going to work. So I began to schedule it the way I did my client projects. You know, I hired me to do this. Like I had to break this mindset of this is a hobby. It's like, no, this is a passion. This is an expression. This is part of being for me, a communicator and a storyteller. It is completely aligned with my whole purpose in the world. It's number one. But number two, I have this self-critic who's been hanging around for 62 years and she's snarky and she knows where to get me. You know, she just knows where to get me. Well, that didn't work too well. And she always has this gravelly voice. I don't know where she comes from. (laughs) Finally, I had to make peace with her because I couldn't, I tried through much therapy and coaching to get her to shut up. And since my inner critic was never going to shut up, I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to you, but for any good advice you have, and I'm going to tune out the rest So that became a process. So like whatever the theme was of the inner critic, I began to say, well, oh, this is communicating a concern I have about uh, marketing or being more on social media or reading through it one more time or finding another expert. So when I parsed through the criticism to find the nugget of truth that maybe was meant to protect me, it completely changed that panic, I mean, it, I wish I could d- convey this wisdom to myself in some other more healthy form, <laughs> but for now this is the middle of the road because I think as women we have these voices that have told us blah, 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 can't tune them out, parse through it, is there any wisdom, and then chuck the rest
0: away. Yeah, and I'm sure that even that journey, there is parts of that that you're able to pull out because this is being human. You know, I'm sure yes. some of your characters have some of these things coming up for them as well, because uh, you know we all have the programming. You know, we all have that, and, and you know, depending on how old we are, how long that uh, that bitch has been. <laughs> and
1: it's <laughs> so generational, that, yeah, yeah, and um, it's yeah. generational. I with, with Gabriella and her mother and Mother Agnes, say we see this play out. Gabriella has her own self doubts. Um, she doesn't trust very much. Oh, I wonder where that came from. Duh. Um she um she has a failed marriage and had to return to her hometown of Anita Harbor. And that feels like failure to her. So at the beginning of the story, we see her like, I am here and it's temporary. So she's not making friendships. She's not, she does her job. She's friends with Mary Jo because they're colleagues at work and she takes care of her mother and her 10 year old son. And she just is not going to invest in this place because she's judging herself. She's judging herself. And how many times have i done that instead of like bloom where you're planted she's just like my life is someplace else so in as she gets wrapped up in the mystery which is around an artifact oh that's very cool so there's two mysteries there's a historic line always in my books and then there's you know the the who done it because people are dying on the library lawn (laughs) (laughs) Um, as gabrielle is caught between these two things her authentic authenticator background, and being a community member, she's balancing the intellectual and the emotional, you know, the the thought and the heart. She's going between those two places to find where she belongs. That's been my journey the whole life. So I gave that to her and I have a feeling
0: it will resonate with a lot of readers. Absolutely. Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's the journey from a lot of us. Um, And I love that, you know, we can read, something like this that's entertaining, um, that is a little bit of an escape, um, but something that we can really identify ourselves in as well. I mean, I think that's what what makes all, uh, you know, the novels like this, you know, so successful, um, which I know yours will be as well. <laughs> oh, I love that thought. Put that out there. <laughs> it's done, darling. It's done. <laughs> it's done. Uh, done deal. Okay. So, uh, so how did the people around you, respond when you went, okay, I'm going to go back to college for five years and I'm going to write a novel? Like, was there like reactions of the people around you? How did you handle that? Well, you know, my husband who, um,
1: Joe, big shout out to Joe, um, said, well, of course you're going to do this. Go for it. (laughs) My son, Pat, was in college himself, undergraduate. And so I was teasing at first, oh, we're both at college at the same time. And I got accepted at Northwestern (laughs) and I had to go buy a parking pass or I thought I did. It turns out parking is free after hours um, because it's night classes. And I sat down and I started to cry over my parking pass and my son who's like, was the time was like 19 said, "Mom, or 20 mom. Like, why are you crying? (laughs) I'm like, because I'm scared to go back to school. I came out in the parking pass and he looked at me and he said, you know, I don't know, mom, I think you're like a really brave person and it's okay to be scared. And I don't think this is about the parking pass, but if you want me to go with you, I'll get help you get your parking pass. <laughs> and I always felt like that was... Um, such wonderful tangible support, you know. There were people who sort of like, Oh, what really at your age? and and then you know, I'm sure it was well intended, but people would say, I would never do that. I can't imagine going back. Why would you want to do that? because they thought that maybe it was let me on a whether one offmanship or it was whatever. And I learned then that it's okay when you do something different. Sometimes it pushes people's buttons and we just have to love them and bless them because it could be the catalyst for them to go do something entirely different, whether that's retiring early and doing volunteer work, or maybe they'll go back to school or maybe they'll cut back and enjoy and take up fishing, like whatever it is. One person's, you know, adventure can Challenge, shake a little things up a little bit, and hopefully
0: stir in a really
1: good way. But yeah. somebody else wants to try.
0: absolutely. and I, I and I think that's important for anyone who's listening to the podcast because it doesn't you, it, your thing might not necessarily be writing a novel. It could be, you know, some kind of a, you know, a cause or, or you know, a, a business or something that you love that you really want to step into that people around you are going, I don't know about that because they are. Number one, they either get challenged because they think, well, maybe I should be doing this myself, but I'm not. Uh, number two, it it completely shakes up what they anticipate your relationship is going to be. It's like, wait, 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 we're used to being in this little comfort zone, in this little square here, and now you're changing the rules. What does that mean for me? This is making me feel uncomfortable. Um, and so, like you said, we just have to love them through that because, you know, we, we can't allow that to be an excuse or a reason to not follow our desires and follow our dreams and do what it is that we want. I mean, maybe it's just you want to travel or do whatever, but, you know, especially, you know, when we, we've talked about this a lot at this time of our lives we have our health you know we've got all this life experience we are in the best time of our lives to be able to go well what do i want to do now and again embracing the mystery of what they could possibly be exactly right yeah. and
1: to let the let it unfold mm-hmm. because for me you know as again i had to learn this genre to produce this novel which once i did it it, it popped, so it was obviously meant to be. But then there was fun along the way. I, I had to do research to create this artifact. This artifact is um, a medieval artifact, a, a little cross that's that somebody has tampered with. They put something old on something not so old and kind of ruined it. Okay, it's a little ruined treasure. I'll leave it at that. Um, but I had to figure out what it looked like, Right. And, uh, well, it's gold with jewels. No, that's a cliche. And I found out that jewels weren't faceted till the 1600s, and this is 1400s. Like, I really had to get into this. And I went to every museum, and I would always drag my husband like, we've got to go to the, mu- the medieval exhibits and look at this stuff. And he'd say, I know, I have it here on the map. Everywhere we went, never found what I wanted, never found what I wanted. And I was on a business trip to New York, and I dropped my glove, in the entrance, the lobby of the Morgan Library, and was I stooped to pick up my glove because I was actually leaving, having looked at a Emily Dickinson poetry uh, exhibit. I saw an example of something that's called bass tie enameling, which I'd never heard of that, but it's carved precious metal with layers of translucent colored enamel over it. And it started in the middle ages in Italy, which is where my artifact comes from. And I stood there with my mouth open and taking pictures with my little iPhone going, OMG, this is the thing. Like that mystery, that discovery. Cause I dropped my glove. Like those moments are so joyful. Like they exist separate even from the outcome. And that's what I'm saying. Like, like this is the time of our lives. If it's gardening or if it's singing or if it's volunteering or traveling or cycling or whatever, there'll be these little moments of happenstance and kismet when you say, I was just thinking about trying thus and such. And I stood behind somebody in line at the dry cleaner who had a T-shirt that said this because when we're open, the little signs and the little information starts to pop and percolate and we, of course, have changed our lens to bring that information in.
0: That's embracing and living the mystery. <laughs> and what a perfect way to uh, finalize the, uh, the, the podcast. So um, so the, the, the name of the book is The Secrets of Anita Harbour. Uh, we'll be able to get it on Amazon and I'm sure book bookstores everywhere. Bookstores everywhere. It's
1: <laughs> everywhere. The Secrets of Onita Harbor, the uh, uh, the first and the Onita Harbor mystery series. Yeah. And so, so do you have
0: a website or something as well, Trisha, that people can reach out to you?
1: Yes, they uh, yeah, it's called um it's the words are all spelled out. It's called faith f a i t h hope h o p e and a n d fiction.com. Uh, because we got to have faith in ourselves, a leap of faith to create, and got to have the hope that you can carry it off. And fiction is the final product, whether it's real or not. It's usually a story. Um, You can
0: find me there. And uh, the book is there, and I'm there. And uh, I'd love to hear from folks. Well, thank you so much, Tricia, and congratulations. I'm really looking forward to to reading the book. And uh, and I know that uh, it's a series, so we get to anticipate a whole lot more coming through. So thank you Baby so much we'll for talk again. Darling, yes. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Now, if you enjoyed this episode and haven't yet subscribed to our podcast, please go ahead and do so on iTunes or Spotify or go to mindmovies.com forward slash podcast so you don't miss an episode. Now, remember, new episodes are released every Monday morning and we'd love to spread the word. So after you've subscribed, be a great girlfriend and pass it on to a friend who will enjoy this too. And don't forget to grab your official Not Over Just Different welcome pack. It includes some of the best tools for inspiring your best life, all completely free. Head over to notoverjustdifferent.com forward slash welcome gift to grab yours today. Until next time, remember it's not over, just different.